Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, everybody. How's everyone doing? We're excited to get diving into uh, growing your business. I mean, basically, you have two primary ways to grow your business. One is through lead gen and the other is through your sphere. And what's interesting to me is uh, most of the time when you talk to brokerages and firms and designated brokers, they all say, come on aboard and bring your Rolodex with you, right? They only really want you for the 212 people that you apparently know and can affect uh, change in. If you haven't read Malcolm Gladwell's Tipping Point, you should. It's a great book. But that's that's really the genesis for this, right? If if we all, on average, know 212 people, if you can remain top of mind in those 212, well, guess what? You have now tapped into the 212 people they know. If you have your phone in your hand, type in 212 times 212, and you'll come up with almost 45,000 people. Well... If the average consumer moves every 10 years, that means you are one referral away from 4,500 transactions next year. It's kind of crazy to think about, right? So how do you how do you tap into that? Well, today we're going to dive into really the comparison and the benefits of relationship leads, which is what I was just talking about, versus paid leads. And I, I got to tell you, the best way to grow your sphere of influence is with lead generation. Uh, I can tell you a quick story about a gal who was in, um, she lived in Michigan and she wanted to get into real estate. So she Googled real estate and she Googled real estate companies that help you grow your business. And for whatever reason, she found me in Seattle. She literally moved to Seattle to get trained and came with zero people in her sphere of influence because she was from Michigan. So I gave her the same techniques I'm going to give you guys today. And within 90 days, she had 90 people in her sphere of influence. It's not rocket science, right? It's persistence. It's uh, activating your reticular activator. If you're familiar with that, a great uh, idea to help you kind of understand that is if you drive a, a Mustang, right? You're going to see Mustangs all over the place. Right. That's your reticular activator. It's it is basically designed to pick up on things that are familiar to you. Well, what we're going to do is talk about ways to make real estate transactions really top of mind in your own reticular activator so that when you're you're at work or you're at Starbucks or you're at a family gathering or whatever, you're going to hear every conversation that has something to do with real estate. And you're going to plug into that. So that's that's kind of the goal of today is we're going to talk about the the way to grow your sphere of influence, the care and feeding of your sphere of influence. So it generates referrals for you. But also at the very end, I'm going to give you a little bonus and I'm going to show you a number of paid lead sources. I'm going to share my screen. So, Lisa, if you can make sure I can do that by the end of this uh, so that you can just shoot a picture of it. And there's 23 different websites that you can jump on and get paid leads from. And again, the context for the paid lead part of this is great way to grow your sphere, right? I do both. So if you if you don't know much about me, uh, I've been in the business since the 80s. I know 
imagine that I got in when I was two years old because obviously I'm not in my 50s. Uh, but I've done literally thousands of transactions and I've done them both from lead gen and from my ref my referral sphere. And that sphere is now up over 7,000 past customers. So you can do this exact same thing like that gal did for Michigan, which means you don't have to have 35 years in the business to generate referrals. You just have to have an active effort to obtain them and you need to understand where to find them. So that's what we're going to focus on. So the first thing is you got to sit down with a, a piece of paper or even better, uh, an Excel spreadsheet that you can use as a CSV file and upload it into KV Core or Ylopo or whatever system you're using as a CRM. But we actually give our agents, especially the new ones, a document called Discovering Your Sphere. And we can upload that into the Facebook group and make it available to you. But it's it's really just six pages of 155 questions that are meant to be memory joggers. Like, who do you know? Where did you buy your last set of tires from? Who's your dentist? You know, questions like that to cause you to think about, huh, how many people do I know? Because I don't know about you, but I talk to lots of people that are new to the business and they're always like, yeah, but I don't know anybody, right? And it's BS. They do, right? They just don't think of it the way you and I will by the end of this training, which is, I don't care if I know you, you know, genuinely and deeply. I just want to think about whose names do I know, right? So you take this sheet of paper, you take this Excel spreadsheet, and you just do a brain dump. Who do I know? Where do I know them from? You gather all of the sources of contact information that might be laying around your house or in your phone, right? Because we all, especially in this day and age, if I go out to a bar and I meet somebody, if we're going to exchange information, we're just trading phone numbers, right? And then it, I type Lisa from the bar as the name of the contact, right? So anyway, pull all the information out of your phone. Pull all the information out of Google, out of um, any other repository of contacts that you may have. And I'm I'm using vague terms deliberately because sometimes it's, um, you know, like I have kids. So I have uh, soccer team rosters and bas basketball team rosters and baseball team rosters. And every action or interaction that my children had over the years, I got some sort of contact list for the parents, right? Well, you might have that too. It could be from your work. It could be from your, your church. It could be from past uh, previous employments that you had or whatever. Just do this grand, all-sweeping creation of a giant list. And don't be inhibited by the fact that you might only know their first name. And, and it might be nothing else, right? If we really think about this sort of brain dump, the majority of the information you're going to have are going to be phone numbers and maybe a first name only, right? Because it was somebody you met, you put in your phone. But in any case, put them all into this Excel spreadsheet, and then you're going to go about gathering the rest of the information that's missing, right? So uh, those of you that are with eXp, 
There's a, a great CSV file that you can pull from KV Core that has all the fields already charted uh, for the import. Go If you're with another firm, go to whatever CRM you're using. My guess is they're going to have a CSV file that you can use for this purpose. So just type the stuff straight into that and save yourself some time, right? I At the beginning, I said, use a piece of paper. Well, that creates work for you. Type it into a spreadsheet so that you only have to type it once, right? So once we get through that process, we now have a list of somewhere between 20 to 200 people, right? And it's an incomplete list because we might not have emails for everybody. We might not have street addresses. We might not even have last names in some cases, but we have a recollection of how we know them and where we met them. And we can sort of uh, reverse trace back to reconnect with them. You can even use uh, some of the skip tracing systems that are available. I've I've used um, PropStream. If you've heard of that company, it's you know, in fact I can get you a link for a discounted account for them. But the the ability to gather information about people is really really high right now. Wouldn't you all agree? Right. So so anyway, we're gonna we're gonna make this list initially with what we know, and then we're gonna start to backfill it with what we can find out. Right. And our goal, the perfect contact has four data points, right? It's got their name, it's got their phone number, their email address, and their snail mail address. And I can market to everyone with at least one or two of those things, one being their name, the second being either their mail mailing address, email address, or phone number, right? So we get this list going, then we start filling in the gaps where we can. Now, remember when I started, I said the majority of these contacts, you're going to probably have a phone number and maybe nothing else, right? Well, guess what you can do with the phone number, right? We're going to call them. Now, I'm going to give you the script for the phone call. In my On my team, we use, uh, actually, it's a Brian Buffini script. It's the mayor campaign for any of you that ever got Buffini coaching. This, this goes way back, like 15, 20 years, but it works, right? And the mayor campaign is basically the method by which we find out from the person we're talking to, not if they're thinking about buying or selling. Because remember, what's the statistical probability that I call you today and you're thinking about buying or selling? It's very low, right? But what about the 212 people you know? right? And so what I'm trying to do is not find out if you're going to buy or sell in the near future, but who is the person that's already occupying your mind as someone that you would refer when asked, right? So it goes like this, right? We The call starts with building rapport, reminiscing, recollecting where I know you from, whether it's kids soccer or church or whatever, right? And then the segue is silky smooth. Hey, Lisa, I have a question for you. If you were thinking about buying or selling a piece of property or had a friend or a family member that was, do you have someone that you would refer them to? That's it, right? We're just trying to see, is there a name in her head already, right? And the beautiful thing is, I've made thousands of these phone calls. 
there's always only one of three answers that comes back, right? Now, if you're newly licensed, part of that conversation is going to be, hey, I got my license, right? Excitement about, hey, we're, we're reconnecting and I'm updating you on my life and you're updating me on my life. Well, one of those big updates is I got license in real estate. So one of the three responses to that question could be, well, yeah, it's, it's you, silly, right? Because your friends are going to want to support your effort to build a real estate business, especially if you're new. They just statistically aren't likely to be buying and selling right now, right? But we want your name to occupy their brain so that when they're at work and someone says, hey, do you know somebody? They're going to offer your name, right? So do you, do you have someone that you would refer them to as followed by one of three answers? It's you, silly, is one of them. No is another one. Or yes, it's my fill in the blank, right? Could be the person that sold me in my current house. Could be my mom, right? Could be anybody. Now, in my on my team, we have a, a policy of... Uh, if it's an immediate family member, we don't typically try and get you to fire your parent or your child because you're unlikely to take money out of their pocket. Beyond immediate family member, it's game on. We will pursue hard if it's an aunt, uncle, cousin, nephew, whatever, right? Because the, the, cons the average consumer thinks we're all the same, right? All realtors are the same. They're just a, a way to get into a house. And it's complete BS. You all on this call know that there is a continuum of talent among realtors, right? And so if it's an aunt, uncle, whatever, I'm going to say, and this, this is true even if it's not a relative, right? It, it, this is for the anybody that answers my question with, yes, I know somebody. Well, I don't know what they do, but here's what's unique about me. I have a way to give people priority access to properties before they hit the MLS or the internet. And for sellers, I even have a way to sell for free. Would it be okay if I stayed in touch with you? So what did I do there? I just dropped two gold bricks. In, in our vernacular, we call them gold bricks, right? Because your value proposition should be so compelling that it's as if you said, hey, Lene, would you come down and pick up this free gold brick? There's no cost or obligation. Everybody you say that to is going to say, hell yeah, right? Because a gold brick is worth somewhere around $600,000. So they're going to get out of their chair and they're going to drive down and pick it up. Well, you want your value proposition for buyers and for sellers to be as compelling as it can be. And so that's why we just call them gold bricks, right? So again, for buyers, it's, hey, I can get you priority access to properties before they hit the MLS or the internet. Does that sound like it would help you find a good deal? Right? Person says no to that, they sound like a moron. So they say yes. Great. When's a good time for us to get together? Right. And then sell for free. Obviously, that's uh that is a great way. No, Hillary, those are not pocket listings. Think of it. Uh, this is an aside that we're talking about uh relationship leads versus paid leads. Off-market properties is exactly that, right? In our MLS, there's somewhere around 10,000 listings. How many homes do you think there are in the Seattle area? Million, more than a million, right? The other 990,000 homes are fair game. Those are not pocket listings 
but I can use direct mail and other methods to get off-market properties. And I'll tell you what, we do this at a very high level with a lot of skill. We sold over 100 homes last year that never went on the MLS or the internet, and not one of them was a pocket listing. So that'll be another training, Lisa. You should write that down because I, I'm not, Lisa always says, "Hey, do you want to come on?" I'm like, "Sure." What do you want me to talk about? So, uh, so now we've got our sphere of influence. We've now called through the sphere, and we filled in the blanks on the spreadsheet, right? So if I only knew your phone number now, in that call, I gathered your email, I gathered whatever you know street address. If that's what I was missing, I'm just filling in the blanks on my CSV file. So that when I upload it into my CRM, all the fields populate, right? It's a lot easier to make a bunch of phone calls going down an Excel spreadsheet than it is to click in a CRM from one contact to the next and make another call. So we're just trying to be efficient, right? So that's step one in the care and feeding of your sphere. It's running the mayor campaign on them to find out if they will be a referral source for you. If they won't, don't invest any time, energy, or money in cultivating referrals, right? Like I said, you're not going to pull a referral out of somebody whose parent or child is a realtor, right? It's just not going to happen. Well, we're still friends. I'll still... You muted it for some reason. All I do is like raise my hand and I hit my laptop. I must there must be a shortcut that I don't know about. Anyway. Yeah, it was like you were like, I'm done. I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm so pissed at this person whose parent is a realtor. God damn it. No. Uh so this is a good segue though. So what we're doing in these phone calls is we're we're obviously gathering the information about whether they're a referral source, but we're also qualifying them. And we use a a scoring method for a sphere, which is A, B, C, and D. So write this down. An A is somebody that has referred already to me. An A plus is multiple referrals. And the reason this is important is because we're going to get to kind of how you care for them over time. And we treat them differently based on the, their level of activity supporting our business. So A's have referred, B's would refer if shown how. And that's a really important distinction because not everybody knows how to refer. And I'll give you proof of that. Have you ever told somebody I'm in real estate and they said, awesome, give me a stack of your business cards. That is somebody who has wonderful intentions, but no clue how to refer. Because a handed out business card rarely ends up in a phone conversation, let alone a transaction, right? But their, their intentions are what matter more, right? Because they want to help support your business. So what you want to do is coach them on how to refer. So I'll just give a kind of a short version of this, but we can do another training on it. The way you teach people how to refer is teaching them that, A, I have to understand that it's it can be uncomfortable for somebody to put my name next to theirs and hand it to, to a third party because there's risk, right? If I screw that up, that reflects on them. So there's going to be some people on this sort of continuum that are very concerned about that. And you have to understand that going in. So step one is 
hey, if you're comfortable with it, give me a give me a phone number. I'll reach out to them. And I always add, and you know me, I'm going to go as fast or as slow as is comfortable for them. I'm not the big hammer sales guy. And they go, oh yeah, no, that's fine. Here's their number, right? But if they if they're apprehensive at all, I downshift to. If it's more comfortable for you, why don't you send them an email and CC me and you can connect us that way. And then they only give me their phone number once they're comfortable giving it to me. That will capture the bell curve of referrals, right? And then the third one and the one that results in a, in a referral the least often is you're going to call them and you're going to encourage them to call me at a time when it's comfortable for them. Now, that third one is very ineffective, but it's valuable for this reason. It allows you to follow up with the referrer over time when you call them and point out that they still haven't called you. And eventually they'll give you their phone number because they're frustrated with them and they're tired of getting your phone calls that they haven't called them, right? So that, that third wave will result in referrals. You just have to be more patient, all right? So. You've now got this list. You've now got complete data on everybody. You're now uploading them into your CRM. Now we're going to talk about how do you take care of them on an ongoing basis, right? Well, the way I like to describe it is a, a communication continuum, right? There's, especially in this day and age, there's so many ways to communicate and so many of them are impersonal and ineffective. And, and we like to think, well, I, I sent them a text so that they could read it at their leisure and respond at time convenient for them and blah, blah. It's all BS, right? You sent a text, and I'm this is I'm talking to myself here. You I send text because I don't want to and I don't have time to get into a deep conversation right now. And it's a way for me to appear communicative while I'm really not being that communicative, right? So our mission should always be to move up the communication continuum, right? So the very bottom is email, then it's text, then it's phone, voice to voice, then it's face to face, right? That's the continuum and, and you should always be striving to work up that continuum. So how do we use this with our sphere of influence? Well, we're going to call, make calls to our sphere based on whether they're A's, B's, or C's, right? So remember, I, I don't think I said C, did I? I said A has referred, B would refer C. We don't know yet, right? So everyone that you're calling and giving this mayor campaign to, they are a C by definition because we haven't talked to them yet. We don't know if they're a referral source and we are hell-bent on finding that out, right? And then if you if you want to categorize them, the D's are for delete, right? Those are the people that failed your, your little test when you asked them. And they said, yeah, my wife is a realtor. Awesome for you. I did not know that, right? So now I'm going to call them on a consistent basis. So A's and A pluses, I should call at least monthly and probably more than once a month. B's, I should call monthly to quarterly and C's are just new people coming into my database. So I'm calling them immediately to see if they're an, uh, a B or not, right? No one that I call for the first time is gonna be an A. 
because they're already in my database, right? But they're either a B or a D, and I'm trying to sift and sort and figure that out because I don't want to waste money on you know people that aren't going to refer. All right. So we've made all those phone calls to qualify them. Now we're making maintenance phone calls on a monthly to quarterly basis, depending on whether they're an A or a B. Right. I write handwritten notes after every live conversation. Think about that. An invitation sized personal note. It actually triggers endorphins. When you go out to your mailbox and you grab the mail and you see six bills, three junk mails, and a little envelope with a handwritten address on it, it makes your heart smile, right? You haven't even opened it yet. But the fact that you know in that pile of bills and junk mail, there's there's something that you're going to enjoy, it, it releases endorphins, right? So after every phone conversation, I send one. And what that does is that, that really... Uh, it's an accelerant for the top of mind goal that I have, right? Because the conversation helped me be top of mind. Three days later, an invitation size envelope show, shows up and man, am I top of mind at that point, right? And I don't have to write a novel. I just say, hey, Lisa, it was so great to talk to you. I'm so glad you're having an awesome summer or sounds like your trip to, to Rhode Island was a blast. Whatever one sentence, just to trigger the the recollection of the conversation, right? And then I sign off with, if if you ever need anything, let me know, right? Because in the phone conversation, I I have built rapport, I've used the mayor campaign, and then I've I've offered some sort of item of value as a conclusion of that call, which is typically, hey, and if you ever have any work to do on your home, I used to be a general contractor. I have over two hundred subs. If you need something, let me know. I can usually give you three or four references for whatever it is you need. And they're like, awesome, right? So, so now I'm I'm sending them a personal note that triggers the endorphins. The way you want to think about it is top of mind awareness is like a flame. Over time, that flame fades, right? And then you have another contact with them, and then it grows again, and then it starts to fade. It it's just the reality of it. And that's why we, if we want to be in this for the long haul and build a, a business that serves us and our family, need to to invest in those phone calls and those handwritten notes, et cetera. Right. So we've we're moving up the uh communication continuum, right? So what's next? Face to face. Now Buffini calls them pot buys. I'm I've got to be honest, I haven't done a lot of pot buys because I just feel like if I were just to show up at your office, you're going to be like, what the hell are you doing here? And why didn't you call me first? Right. But what I do do is I do two to three client appreciation events every year, which gives me that face-to-face -face opportunity. And it makes me more efficient in delivering that. So don't, I don't want to shortchange the pop by concept. If you have that in you and it's a habit you can build, you should do that. I'm just not great at it. And it's, it's a cop out. Like I I could easily become great at it, but I just choose not to. <laughs> so client appreciations is my segue or my crutch to make me feel better about neglecting my pot buys. So client appreciation events. You should pick a couple and do them every year. You should uh, include a charity 
as part of the event because that will increase awareness of the event, but also attendance to the event. Because think about it. A lot of people in their heart would love to do nice things for the community, right? And then they get your invitation and they're like, shit, I still haven't done anything nice for the community. I'm going to use Lene's event as my way to do something nice for the community, right? So, so what do I do? Well, we do uh, around this time of year, we do a, uh, it's called Tackle Back to School. And we just get together and we have fun and we have food and we have beer and wine. And, and we in, tell people the price of admission is a backpack or school supplies. And then we partner with Hopelink because they're the ones that provide these backpacks and school supplies to the children that need them, right? Uh, we do a Toys for Tots toy drive in early December. And then we donate uh, $5 for every toy that gets donated. So we typically end up getting a couple hundred toys and donate about a thousand bucks every year and get a lot of great publicity out of it. And, but also do something really awesome for the kids in spring, we do a shred event. So around tax time, we'll bring in uh, one of those data destruction shred trucks, right? and just have them park in our parking lot and tell people for every pound of paper, we're going to donate a pound of food to the food bank. And here's a bit of trivia for you. Those carts at Costco hold about a thousand pounds each because we, we had 4,000 pounds of paper at our last one and we had to get four carts. And, and we, we literally are like, what is some of the heaviest stuff we can buy? Cause we're going to need too many carts. Oh, canned food is heavy. That's good to know. So uh, anyway, so those are just some ideas. Come up with your own ideas. I know people like to put out American flags at 4th of July. I know people do movie nights. I know people do um, pies at Thanksgiving. It can be anything. I just encourage you to include charity as part of it and then follow this recipe. So this is what we do to promote the event and get as much publicity about it as we can, as well as drive attendance. And that is uh, before the event, we do social media posts, we make phone calls to invite people, we send emails to invite people, and we send a physical envelope invitation because of the endorphins, right? So uh, then the day of the event, we send text reminder. So whether they're coming or not, they're getting all of this contact about, wow, Ed Lane is really active in doing great things for the community, right? Does that fuel top of mind? Hell yeah, right? Then during the event, a lot of video, a lot of uh, posting, streaming, whatever we can do to, to publicize the event. And then after, we make a phone call to everyone that attended, and we send an email to everyone attended and those that didn't recapping the success of the event and even sharing links to videos and social media posts that they might want to check out. But, but even the people that didn't come like to find out that, wow, you guys shredded 4,000 pounds of, of paper and donated 4,000 pounds of food. That's awesome, right? That leaves an impression on. So, so that's how we do the events. Now, my A pluses, I also sign them up for Client Giant. If you guys are familiar with Client Giant, uh, it's a gift that they get every quarter. It's 99 bucks for the year. And I tell you, my phone blows up and my social media blows up when those gifts hit because people think they're so cool and they're so appreciative. And 
you know, 99 bucks after every closing to add somebody to this routine is pretty easy to do and it's not very costly, but the benefits and the impacts are pretty significant. And then the last thing that I do to stay bonded to my sphere of influence is teach. So I do classes, first time home buyer classes, investor classes, really anything they want, as, including uh, market updates, right? So I actually send out a market update video every month to my sphere. Those of you on this call that do REO, I do, I do a similar one, but with a different flavor for asset managers for REO. So if you're an REO broker, reach out to me. We can talk about that offline. But I've been doing monthly market updates for over seven years. And they get a lot of viewership and they get a lot of uh, response and inquiries about what do you think is coming next? Because right, the thing that people want to know from you is what's the market doing and where's it going, right? So we all have to have a little bit of a crystal ball in order to be able to, to do that. And if, you don't, if you're not comfortable with that, you need to read more. Like that's all I do is I stay up to date on what the news is doing. And so when people tell me what are rates gonna do, I tell them, well, the Fed's meeting on September 20th and 21st, they're going up again. And then they're meeting again on November 2nd. And they're hopefully going to go up again. I say hopefully because that's the only way we're going to stem inflation, right? We can't be afraid to make rates go up because that's only going to cause inflation in this recession to last longer. So anyway, that, that's a different conversation. The last thing I wanted to share with you, because this is relationship leads versus paid leads. Remember at the very beginning, I said, use paid leads to grow your sphere of influence, right? Well, you're gonna get a lead, you're gonna take great care of them, you're gonna help them buy or sell a house, and then you're gonna become friends, right? So you add them to your sphere as an A, B, or C, or an A or B. So let me, I'm gonna put uh, a paid lead list of companies on the screen. I want all of you to grab your phones and just shoot a picture of this. And this is courtesy of Dan. Uh, Lisa, you remember Dan? Is it, how do you say it? Roshan? I think is his last name. Anyway, I've, I've personally generated leads from most of these and they're good leads. So if you're trying to grow your business and you feel like you've already handled your sphere of influence, sign up for some of these. Just recognize that the referral fee model is more expensive, but no upfront cost, right? That's why they're popular because a lot of realtors are like, yeah, I don't mind giving up 30% of the commission at the close. I just don't want to pay you $70 for the name and phone number or whatever it is, right? These are pay $70, but then you don't have to give up 30%, right? So if you're in a financial position where you can afford to pay for leads, that's where you'd want to live. I've done both and I've had success with both. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen in three, two, one. If you didn't get it, email Lisa. She will send it to you. All right. I know I ran a couple minutes long. I want to make sure I open it up to questions if there are any. So I don't shortchange you. I see some chats. I have a question. 
Yes, ma'am. So, um, uh, how many, like you've been, you've been in the business for a while, right? So how, I mean, your proportion of referral based business versus paid business now is what? Great question. And actually Lisa made me think about this because she assumed I was the vast majority referral and I'm not. It can change from month to month, but when I look at it over the course of a year, it's almost 50-50. Okay. So I, I, like when I coach younger agents, I tell them, hey, we're going to invest and cultivate your sphere of influence because that's going to sustain you over time. But we're also going to teach you how to generate leads because that's now business, right? Yeah. And so we have them do both. And it's crazy how over the course of a year, you know, you know, you might have three deals in escrow and two of them are referrals and one of them's a lead. And then an appraisal comes in bad or, you know, some inspection or whatever. And all of a sudden the, the lead is the only one that closes. Right. So it's just, I, I chase anything and everything. I'll give you an analogy. People ask me where geographically I specialize and I, I laugh. I'll take business anywhere. I mean, at one point, I had 205 listings in 73 different cities. If you'd asked me how many cities are in the Puget Sound region, which is where I am, where Lene is, I wouldn't guess there were 73 cities in my area. That's enormous, right? But there are. So we just, we're now in an in a era in the business where you don't have to be the king or queen of a neighborhood and no, be on the PTA and all that. Now it's all about access and negotiating skills. So you can be the king or queen of a much larger region if you choose. I'm not saying you should be. What I encourage people to do is pursue and tailor your marketing after revenue pillars that excite you. Because we all know there's hundreds of ways to make money in real estate. Think about which ways excite you, because if if you enjoy them, you're more likely to succeed at them, right? If they bring you joy. So does that mean you're going to pursue first time home buyers? Maybe could be investors. You know, I've done hedge funds. I've done REO. I've done short sales. I've done investors. I've done. I mean, it. there's a lot of different things you can do. And if you're new. I would encourage you to have a buyer pillar, a seller pillar, and then your sphere. So start with three pillars only. And those are going to be the areas where you're going to invest money and time and energy to grow. And then when a short sale lead comes your way, decide in the moment if that's the time you want to learn about short sales. And if it's not, hand it off to somebody that's already good at it and just get a referral fee. Did that, that was a little bit tangential, Linnea, I apologize. No, I mean, that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly what I do right now. So I was just curious. I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Yes. Okay, good. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't say no to business, I guess, is the moral of the story. All right. Any other questions? I'm glad you asked a question because then I feel less guilty about running long. <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you all found this valuable. Uh, I will send Lisa the Discover Your Sphere document and the list of um, paid and referral fee lead gen sites so that you guys can download those from the Facebook group uh, at your leisure. And other than that, I really appreciate you guys joining me this morning. 
If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.